marriage is really about teasing these complementary points of growth, these dynamics that you've come together to heal, acknowledging that the other person and you both have that pattern. You can't have one without the other, all right? And then teasing those apart so that you can separate the pattern from the person. Welcome to the Solace and Shine podcast. This podcast is part of an online community at solaceandshine.ca. It is a platform for those yearning to remember their true purpose. We are coming to you from Ishtadev Niwas Ashram in the Purcell Mountains of beautiful British Columbia, Canada, within the unceded territory of the Tanaha Nation. The Solace and Shine podcast dives into teachings from the soul's ancestral roots. The teachings are here so that we may embrace the human experience and live it with beauty, courage, and creativity. These teachings will make you want to lean in and shine wholeheartedly together in community. Allow me to introduce to you our host and guide, Sanyasi Shivani. Shivani has worked as a medium and a spiritual teacher for the last 20 plus years. Through her dedicated practice as a renunciant and a teacher of yoga, she guides community through all aspects of living and embodying spirit through foundations of love, service, yoga ecology, and elevated esoteric teachings. Are you ready to embody your light? Welcome to the Solace and Shine podcast. Hello, beautiful souls. We are back. This is Chaitanya, and we are coming to you from our beloved Niwas. Welcome to the first episode of our fourth season of the Solace and Shine podcast. Pavitra, my podcast partner in light, and I are the cheerleaders. We are the Niwas enthusiasts, and we are privileged to bring you the teachings coming through Niwas. You should hear us when we are in production. We gush about this and we, ah, with understanding about that as we gain another chunk of wisdom to apply to our daily lives. And so, without further ado, on to our first episode. Here, Sanyasi Shivani lays out a straightforward and tangible understanding of how we can walk the spiritual path, which is a solitary one, together with our significant other, knowing that we have come together to heal similar patterns. As we listened, we laughed with Sanyasi Shivani as she acknowledged with great humor that being on the spiritual path with a significant other can be challenging. And at the same time, the experience can be rich with opportunities for you to embody the teachings of witness, non-identification, friendliness, compassion, empathy, and kindness. Often our significant others are very good at triggering us. We love Sanyasi Shivani's words on this, you have patterns that are complementary points of growth. So our task is to witness our emotional reaction when their patterns are coming to the surface and to embody the teachings. Our job is not what we most often want to do to point out where they are making a mistake. No, our job is to embody the teachings so that they can entrain to that and us. And with love and patience, we can lift each other up and rise in love together. This lecture is vibrating with very useful teachings that apply to all of our relationships. 
We noticed how it can be applied with other family members, close friends, colleagues, and pretty much everyone we interact with, really. Complement this episode with Season 3, Episode 7, Living from the Heart, The Anatomy of an Apology, and you will be set with many useful tools to navigate all of your relationships. One last and very important thing, Sanyasi Shivani is taking bookings for her Start the Year with Purpose private sessions right now for January and February of 2024. These are 60-minute sessions and there are 10 of them available. They are discounted from the regular price. The focus, blessings, and inspiration that you will receive in her guidance during these sessions will be massive and nothing short of magic as she will have just returned from her residency of Rikiapith Ashram, the home of her gurus. What a way to start 2024. We will post the link where to register in the show notes. Enjoy! Namo Narayan, everybody. This is uh, Shivani. I hope you're having a lovely day. Today is relationship and yoga. How to walk this path alone together. Relationships are challenging, and I'm, I'm specifically talking about um, relationships with a spouse or uh, relationships with a boyfriend or girlfriend or, you know, a husband or a wife. Okay. This is what I'm, this is what I'm talking about today. And it's, and it's very, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, oh, it's very personal, um, but it's all very subjective. Um, so I'm going to offer you some of the teachings and some of my own personal experience, um, of, walking this path of sannyas, of living yoga, uh, and being a married woman. Um, it is, it is said that the Vedas, the, 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 the teachings and the, the, um, components of Tantra came through the Rishis. Okay. And the Rishis, uh, were always married when, when there are Rishis, there's always two of them. Um, and they're always, they're always married. And this was the, the joining of the divine masculine and the divine feminine, um, in my understanding, uh, in times that came, that allowed, uh, the purification and the experience of being human, the being in the light of God, uh, while on earth, uh, allowed them to hold a state of consciousness where this information would come through. <laughs> and I always thought that it was really interesting and, and mildly amusing uh, that it was the Rishis that um, created the guideline or the, the, the doctrine uh, that to do this work, you should be uh, single and celibate. <laughs> I've always thought that that was really interesting. Um, that they, they basically said to do this work, to, to do this path, um, you should become a Swami, which is traditionally, and there's always an exception to the rules, and before you go telling me, but there's the Swami and this one. Yeah, traditionally, a Swami is celibate, as in they have brahmacharya, their own sovereignty and container, uh, and they're single, they're not married, and they live uh, in the ashrams. So they were the ones, uh, it was the Rishis that said to do this work is challenging. Uh, that to do this work uh, it is sometimes more optimal to be 
single. And the reason I feel that this is, is that because when you're single, as you make changes, as you make changes in your consciousness, um, you're able to stand in those changes, I think, a lot more solidly to start with um, than when you're married. Because when you're married or when you're in partnership, you take a step. It might not be the same step your partner has taken. And so they're still treating you like you were, but you're not feeling like that anymore. And then that creates discord and then they may take a step and you're still treating them like they were, but they've taken a, an internal leap inside. And, and so they might not even understand that internal leap yet. They might not even have like fully integrated it or can put, can put words to it yet, but they know they feel different, but then they, their partners treating them how they used to be. Um, and this is why I think, that the Rishis uh, created the guideline that it is easier to be single on this path than, than in marriage. Because I feel that as you make those changes, as you make those internal leaps in consciousness, uh, there's nobody in your immediate bubble of your, of your aura in your bed that is um, thinking you are a different way when you are shifting. Um, but I think it's really important to understand, uh, that even whether you are married or not married or in relationship or not in a relationship, I'm just going to start saying married because you get what I mean, right? Um, you are walking this path alone, right? You are never walking this path together. That I think is a really, uh, dangerous, uh, belief that you're walking this path together. You're not walking the path of evolution together. You can't walk the path of evolution with somebody else. You are walking your path alone. And you are doing that together, right? You are walking your path. They are walking their path. But you have chosen to walk your individual paths together, okay? And for me and, and Param Jodi, I think that the, the key to this, you know, we've been married 11 years at this point, um, is that you have to have a, you don't have to, it's not, it's very helpful to have a, central point of languaging and teachings that you can both draw upon differently. It's very challenging. I think when you have one person is practicing yoga and one practicing is practicing Buddhism. Yes. Ultimately the teachings are going to link up and they're going to be the same, but when all that must make mucky stuff comes to the surface and it does, right? It's very challenging if you don't understand what the other person is talking about. Right. So to have a, a, a central languaging and a point of orientation on the teachings that you both study separately, that you're able to use as a point of connection when this is getting challenging, that you can go like this to the teachings it gives you that sole point of triangulation 
and I think that that's really helpful um, to use your marriage, to use your partnership as a point of triangulation to the teachings, which ultimately is to your own uh, growth. Yeah. It's really important that, you know, I, I often hear this, you know, like everybody's my teacher. Um, I, I think, I think this is wrong. I don't think everybody is your teacher. Um, but I think you can learn something from everybody. Okay. And when you're married, I think it's very important to hold the understanding that you will teach each other, but you are not here to teach to be the teacher for the other person. You know, when Parmjodi and I started dating, the first thing I did was fire him as a student. I'm like, I can't date you and hold the teachings for you. That's just not gonna work because I don't want to have that dynamic of teacher with somebody that I want to be partnered with. Um, so it was very, very clear, very, very right from the beginning that he needed to have his own relationship with the lineage, that he needed his own relationship with his teachers, um, and that he needed his own relationship with Rikia, with Swamiji, um, that wasn't dependent to go through me, right? And that allowed us to be partners. So you're, you are going to teach each other, but you are not each other's teachers, okay? And that way, the orientation always comes back to you. It's not what that other person is going through. It is not what they need to learn or where they're stuck in their patterns or what you should be showing them or what you're trying to teach them or explain in a moment. It's that in that moment, you are able to set the example of the embodiment of the teachings to the best of your capability. Sometimes your capability is more than others. Um, you're able to set that example for your partner, the example of witness, the example of non-identification, the example of compassion, the example of empathy, the example of, of friendliness, the example of kindness, the example when they need to learn something, right? When they are in their stuff, when they are going through their samskaric purifications, that you are not teaching them where they're going wrong, but you are embodying the example of where to go right. You're embodying the positive of where they have the opportunity to go to, not showing them where they're going wrong. And this is not as easy as it may sound. This <laughs> is not as easy as it may, as it may sound, but in, you have to be constantly reorientating back to yourself, right? In your dynamic with your partner, you've got to constantly reorientate back to yourself, okay? And this is what I, I mentioned, I think it was another the lifestyle yamas or niyamas, that sometimes it's more important to make things right than it is to be right. It's very easy to hold an analytical expression of the teachings that becomes dissociative, 
that becomes distancing, that becomes judgmental, that becomes um, uh, you over there, which of course is completely opposite to everything in the lifestyle yamas and niyamas of what living yoga actually is, right? And so we need to be able to know how to make things right rather than be right. And that is part of embodying compassion, right? To be in right action with full heart in the moment, in compassion and in empathy rather than an intellectual uh, high horse and rightness. And I I can say that because I, I do it. I do it all the time. I have to catch myself all the time, <laughs> right? I'm, t- I'm speaking to you from personal experience, okay? After 11 years, Param Jyoti, bless his heart, has really had to, we've both had to really forge a path that I don't, we don't have a lot of other people in the West aspiring to hold the space for each other that we are aspiring to hold the space for. And it, because it's very, very challenging. Um, and we don't always get it right. Okay. So I'm, I want you to hear that this is not uh, holier than thou. I want you to hear that um, there are, there are key things that help. And uh, from, from my mouth to God's ears, I, I want every aspect of your marriages and your relationships, if you are in it, to, uh, to have any source of help and <laughs> encouragement as possible, because it's really challenging. So um, when, when you have, you've, you've come together in your relationship, because you have a contract, because you have patterns that are complementary points of growth. You have complementary points of growth, okay? Which means one half of you will have a gaping wound here and then the other one who's going to have uh, a sharp point there. The other person's got something that's gaping hole over there that they're missing and the other person's got a sharp pointy thing here. Together, you have these complementary points of growth. Now, it's very easy to see the other person's point of growth. Okay. And the key is when you're seeing that point of growth, to recognize it as your own point of growth. In the moment, recognizing that your partner may be identified with a samskara but seeing where you are in that moment and your emotional maturity and capacity in that moment is telling you whether or not this is your dynamic of points of growth or if it is something that you are able to set the example of in that moment. And the key is your emotions. Your emotions are going to guide whether or not this is your work or not, regardless of whether or not it's their work right? You're always coming together because you have the, ultimately, you have the ability to tease some of these archetypes and these dynamics. You've got to tease them apart and, and cut them away from the souls, 
who are together in this relationship and see the patterns for what they are and stop making the patterns the person, right? You gotta stop making the patterns the person and you've got to see the patterns. It's this Mahaprasad thing. You've got to be able to see the uh, pattern in the moment. When you have a, a partner that's also identified in the moment, that can be very challenging. And ultimately, that is your biggest gift to each other, right? Is to have that intimate witness and the person that can embody the kindness and the teachings and the compassion and the love for who you are in the moments of your deepest uh, pain. Unfortunately, in the moments of your deepest pain, if they don't have that capacity, can, have you ever seen birds when they're both flying and they collide in the air and they just collapse, they, they lock onto each other and then they just spiral to the ground? That, that can be what it's like when both sides get identified in the pattern at the same time. They ident get identified with the pattern and then project it onto the person. If they would just stop doing that, I would feel better. If they would just do that, I would be able to fix, heal my own wounds. If they could just, 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 just. Remember, that is one of our words of, um, of red flags, red flag words, of uh, not taking the responsibility for our own. Now, when you're in it, it's very hard to take responsibility for you and you have to move through it, get past it and then reflect. Right. And this is why the spiritual diary is so important. Um, and then you've got to, as you tease this apart, you can be disciplined and ruthless and, 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 and uh, very strong with the patterns while holding understanding and atmabhav and kindness and friendliness with the souls, both of you, right? So you've got marriage is really about teasing these complementary points of growth, these dynamics that you've come together to heal, acknowledging that the other person and you both have that pattern. You can't have one without the other, all right? And then teasing those apart so that you can separate the pattern from the person, love the person, have complete empathy for the person, hug the person, love the person. Hugging and loving the person when they're in the middle of their shit is not telling them that their shit is okay. It is telling them that you are present with them and know them beyond their shit. And you're going to deal with the shit when they're stopped crying, right? This is, this is key to being able to hold space. The challenge is, is that often when somebody's in the shit, that's when you're trying to get them to understand why that is not going to work. And then you end up with this huge argument. I'm speaking from example, right? It doesn't work. You have to be able to hold the teachings in the moment, example of the teachings in the moment, not be the teacher in the moment. And the example of the teachings is the kindness and the love and the compassion and the understanding and the witness, the witness, the witness. 
the not taking it personally, no matter what is coming. And then when things have, when the emotion, when the samskaric emotion wave has come through, then go, hey, so this is what, where's the teachings in this? Where is the opportunity for growth? Where, where did we not see that? Where did we, where, how did it get there? When we could have with, with the right um, actions of, of sensorial uh, right action and mental stability and letting go of the negative leap, like where is it not happening over here so that it ends up being over here? And I think if, if both people in a, in a relationship can take responsibility for that, and it, your, no matter how big your capacity is, there's always going to be times when the deepest, darkest crap is going to come to the surface. So you have to be compassionate for that and you have to take responsibility for your capacity. So you've got to do your work on a day-to-day -day micro way and you have to have compassion for when, not if, when those huge waves come through because it's all part of it. It's all part of it. And your partner has those huge waves coming too. And you have spots where you see that they don't. And they have spots where they see that you don't. And that's why you're married. That's why you come together. Because you have complementary points of growth. So all of those practices of the, of the last few weeks of the um, yamas and niyamas for a yogic lifestyle really set you up to be able to experience a marriage or a relationship on this path in a really happy in a really beautiful way because what it does when you're both walking the path alone together is you actually will accelerate each other's growth you'll actually um push each other not push each other from a not a not a push from behind but a a lifting of each other hey down there come up i love you hey down there come up i love you right not a hey you're not doing enough get better you know come on no it's 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 a it's a lifting not a pushing you lift each other up right you rise in love but your main relationship is with divine your primary relationship is with self and then you have this relationship together that is uh, almost a byproduct of your own sovereignty and your own work. Okay. So the key is you're acknowledging that your partner is your mirror. Okay. And, you know, anybody who's done the chakra immersion and has done the mirror exercise for Swadastan, right, which is your relationship with one-on-one, -on -one. that is what Swadastan is about, is your relationship, one's own abode, your relationship with self and your relationship with one-on-one, -on -one. is you have to see the mirror. You have to see that if one of you is out of whack, both of you are out of whack. And then both of you have to take responsibility for yourselves so that what you bring to the table is healthy, right? And it's very challenging sometimes when you see your partner, excuse me, I'm gonna sneeze. Um, when you see your partner behaving in a certain way that just looks like they are going through a crisis. <coughs> My goodness, excuse me. Um, yes, sometimes this happens and 
I believe as yogis, as karma sannyas, we have the tools and the capacity and the ability to set things up for success, maybe more than uh, people who don't have these teachings and don't have these tools. So you have to see the mirror of what your person is going through, acknowledging your responsibility to your own growth within that dynamic in that pattern and not deflect it to be the other person's problem. Okay. If you can change your own calibration around the pattern, I'm not talking about talking to them or being with them or, you know, anything to do with them. I'm saying when you see your partner in crisis and you are able to understand the pattern of the dynamic between you that you should be able then to take the teachings and take your sovereignty and recalibrate consciously recalibrate in that frequency inside of yourself because by osmosis by proximity that person is going to feel that work without ever it being pointed out that there is work to be done because the point that the position of the spouse is to be an example of the teachings of the compassion of the friendliness of the kindness not to be the teacher pointing out where the problem and the work is that's the job of the teacher and the teachings is to show where the weak spots are that's not the point of the partner okay <clears throat> And again, you'll know whether or not you're holding this embodiment of the teachings for the dynamic by your own emotional triggering. If you are emotionally triggered, you are no longer holding the teachings. You are no longer setting the example. If you are triggered, you are in it. Okay. And that can spiral super quick. Right. So, central languaging or point. Now, many of you uh, and many people will often be walking this path and doing this course and doing these teachings and that, and they have a husband or a partner or a wife that isn't walking this path and doesn't have any interest in yoga and doesn't have any interest in that and, and is trying to, you know, their heart lights up with this work. Uh, but their partner wants nothing to do with it. Um, and does this mean that the marriage doesn't work? No, that does not mean that that does not mean, okay. It has not been my experience. So I can't speak to anything personally of, of that dynamic working, but I see it working all the time with you. Right. Um, the key is, I think is, does your partner support your growth does your partner support you doing this work um or do they reject it and it may be a little bit bumpier it may be a little bit trickier sometimes i think when you don't have that central languaging about what is happening and i don't think it's impossible i think i feel that you the practices and the work is the same. You see your dynamic, 
you take responsibility for your part, you recalibrate your part, you embody the teachings as best you can. You see your role in the dynamic, you connect to the teachings, calibrate, embody, and keep going. It's the work is the same. It just may not, uh, may not be as easy if you don't have that central common languaging of what's, what is happening. Okay. Um, but there's, there's, there's no one way to do this work. There's just not, there's different ways. And every, every one of you, every one of us has different, um, samskaras to work through. The key is, are you committed to your growth? Are you committed to being the most beautiful expression of who you are, which is innately who you are, innately joyful, innately happy, kind, loving, compassionate, empathetic, right? And just keep doing the work. Keep doing the work. And your partner, your husband, your wife will see a shift. And they will either embrace that shift or they will reject that shift, but that's still got nothing to do with you. That's them embracing or rejecting themselves. And I've seen multiple times when a spouse uh, doesn't have anything to do with the ashram, doesn't want anything to do with the ashram, you know, and, but see something in their, in their partners that is interesting and beautiful. And over the years, slowly, slowly, not maybe not necessarily embracing it, but, not rejecting it either. Um, and so just keep going, just keep going, but hold, hold, no, hold the understanding and the awareness that you are here and you will teach each other, but you are not the teachers. You're not each other's teachers. You teach each other by example not by projection or telling or helping, okay? But by setting the example. So I hope that this is helpful. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts, your comments, uh, your experience. If you have a partner that is walking this path, path with you, if you have a partner that's not walking this path with you, um, how, what is your experience of walking this path in relationship? What is your experience of walking this path not in relationship? Let's open up the discussion. Let's, uh, let's, um, let's put it out on the table because I think there's a lot of value in all aspects of relationship marriage, not marriage, single, boyfriend, girlfriend, what there's, there's always beauty in connection and in relationship with self and with others. So have a great day. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for joining us in our Solace and Shine podcast. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, rate, and share it. We would love to hear what inspired you. And if you have any questions or topics that you would like for us to explore, please leave a note in the comments. Also, if you would like a daily dose of connection and raising of your frequency, join us on We Are, our online community. 
You can find the link in the podcast description. Follow the link and you will receive two weeks for free. See you soon. And don't forget, soften and expand.